execution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body outlined and chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body outlined and chalk. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is the House to House podcast. This is Amani. I'm in here with Ragu. As always, you can ingest this wonderful podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, um, Google Play and Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, SoundCloud, and of course, Ragu's favorite platform, Podomatic. Shout out to Podomatic. (laughs) Getting Podomatic some clicks. This is the House to House podcast where we advance our father's kingdom one house at a time. So, as you can hear from the sounds of our voices, it's just us this week. No special guests. In studio. And we're all in studio. (laughs) This was kind of like we were on a roll for a minute. We had a guest like week after week after week, you know. (laughs) Then they found out what we were talking about and they were like, oh my God, (laughs) we're out of here. (laughs) Oh man, but yeah, it's just me and Goo this week. Um, but, you know, we're still going to continue the conversation because the, the kingdom of God needs to advance in the hearts of men and women, hearts of people, you know, all the masculine pronouns in the Bible, you know, <laughs> you know, is, is God a male or a female? That kind of thing leads when you use so much masculinity. But anyhow, in the hearts of men and women, the hearts of oh, mankind, hearts of all, right? Yeah, hearts of mankind. <laughs> Then they say, is it womankind? But, you know, that's such a such a rabbit hole. <laughs> we're not going on the yeah, tangent. You can get on off your own rabbit hole. <laughs> but, no, we're, we're going to continue the uh, conversation about God and his kingdom, um, God and his people. Um, we are his people and he is our God. And how the message of the kingdom is to progress. Um, how it's like a snowball effect. You know, it's like, you know, the old cartoons. They saw like with a little pea and they roll and become a huge mountain. That's, you know, that's that's how the Lord describes the kingdom. Many times in the New Testament, he would describe the kingdom as a seed, you know, because it starts off small, but it becomes like a raging wave that can, you know, crash against the, I don't know, kingdoms of darkness. All right. All right. Well, we no. could stay with the mustard seed and just yeah. know that it gets really Thank big. You. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it does get big. So, but this week, you know, we, we, we wanted to kind of pivot just a bit. Um, you know, we've been talking about relationships and we do encourage everyone to go back, go, go back and, and listen to, to the last, you know, half dozen episodes or so where we just really dive deep into relationships, their various contexts and, you know, some of the different things that you have to do to maturely walk out some things in relationships. We highly encourage that. But um, this week, we're, we're going to kind of pivot just a bit. And transition from relationships into kind of another building block, right? Um, Because one of the things that I believe, you know, and Ragu and I were talking before we started to record, um, is that what relationships do is they help to create conduits, right, or contexts by which the the kingdom can be conveyed, right? That Mm -hmm. the kingdom can be expressed. Um, You know, what we wanted to talk about today was... What does it mean to bring the quote unquote, bring the message of the kingdom, right? What, what does that mean? What does that look like? You know, many times we think that someone standing in front of a crowd of people um, 
talking about the Lord, talking about God. And that very well could be the case. You know, we're not disparaging anyone who does that. You know, we have been people that have done that as well. We stand in front of crowds of people and we talk about God. And it's great to see the seed of the kingdom spread in their hearts. Like what I did there, brought seed back around. Hey. <laughs> but one of the things that we, you know, want to get into today is the the more longer lasting things. The 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 things that can take root. Because I can get in front of a crowd of people, preach a rousing message, and go back home and they can go back home and no one will know of the fruit. There there may not be any, you know, lasting effects. Um, how, how is that built upon? Right. Um, and so one of the things that, you know, we, we thought about is that relationships allow you to continue that building process. Oh yeah. And so, you know, to, to kind of like piggyback off what you initially opened with Amadi is, you know, the way we communicate as human beings is through, you know, talking and conversing, whether it be written or speaking form. But I think it's it's got to be taken even a bit more because it's not just those things being expressed as an outward thing, but it has to be expressed inwardly. And I think that's one of the a good segues on one of the scriptures that's mentioned about what the kingdom of God actually is. You know, in Romans 14, uh, 17 and 18, it, uh, Paul says here, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. And I think what what, uh, Paul is speaking to explicitly is these things are formed internally first before they're expressed outwardly. I want to draw our attention back to the, the Great Commission. Because that that whole point about what you just said about the, the kingdom being expressed internally as well as externally. Um, in in Matthew 28, you know, when we talk about the the Great Commission, right? Jesus said, you know, all, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And then he, you know, continues on. And this is the part that we all know and love. Go ye. I got to give you the King James. Go we ye. We're going to switch it up, right? <laughs> Go ye therefore into all the nations, all the earth, and preach, right? Preach the good news. But it's like somehow in our mind, there was a period there when there isn't. There's a comma there because most of the time we stop. We we'll talk about, yeah we, we, yeah, we fixed our, you know, our attention on that point. We put all the emphasis there and we don't continue to, to read. But if you keep reading... It says that teach them to be obedient in the ways in which I have taught you to be obedient. Now, that part is a little different because that's also part of the Great Commission. This is the, you know, the the Great Commission that that we all love to quote. We all know and love the the Great Commission. Well, the, the Great Commission is not just to preach. You know, I want to repeat that. It's not just to preach. So I'm going to read it one more time. All authority in, and by the way, this is verses 18, 19, and 20. 
of Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you to obey. That's an internal thing. That's mm -hmm. where that kingdom express internal comes from. Why? Because he didn't just say teach them to obey. He said teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you to obey. So I just, you know, what, what you were just saying earlier, Goo, just about that, that it has to be, you know, expressed internally as well as externally is so important. And that's why just having somebody up in front of a crowd of people preaching, that's the external part. It has to be conveyed externally, but there are many, many times where um, the the message of the kingdom has to be expressed internally because there are some deeper working things that the kingdom of God, by nature of what it is, is going to have to uproot. Yeah, because um, I'm going to bring up another scripture because, you know, it's righteousness, peace and joy that are found in the Holy Spirit that are expressed in the kingdom of God. And so things that are completely opposite, such as drunkenness, lewdness, debauchery, all these other things that are works of the flesh, you know, they cannot coexist while righteousness, peace, and joy exist. They are completely op op opposite to one another. And <clears throat> the scripture that I was going to pull up is in 1 Corinthians 6, uh, verse 9 and 10. The unrighteous should not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither nor fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers. Uh, you know, it goes on and on about all these these works of the flesh. You know, these things cannot coexist with the uh, the the kingdom of God. Is if the kingdom of God is present, you know, these things should not be be in place. Now that's a that's a good point because. The, the question that we should ask is why, right? That's what the scripture says, mm -hmm. okay? The kingdom can't coexist in your heart with all these other things going on if you're, if you're walking in the flesh. But you say, well, why can't it? Why can't I live unto myself and, and fornicate or do this or do that? Now, we all know that's the sin nature, right? But Why? Because the kingdom has to be expressed internally first yep. before it can be expressed externally, right? How many of us, you know, when, when, when we see hypocritical leaders and hypocritical believers and we say, oh, man, I can't believe this Christian leader or this person, this preacher, whatever, would do this one thing and, you know, say something different or say this one thing and do something different. We, we think, oh, man, how could they do something like that? Well, if the kingdom has not first been expressed internally, it's very easy. It's very easy for them to, to, to do that thing because we have jumped right to the external expression rather than letting that internal expression sort of have its course. The, the kingdom has to take root in, in your own heart, um, not just externally when I'm talking to people or trying to share, you know, share a message. And to that point, you know, I believe the, the kingdom of God has a specific culture that expresses and that it corresponds with righteousness, with joy, with peace, with order. There are some characteristics that will correspond where the, excuse me, where the kingdom of God exists. So there's another passage of scripture we want to look at in first Corinthians 
chapter four. Let's let's look at this real quick. All right, First Corinthians four. Paul. This is Paul writing obviously to the believers in Corinth. Now, if you recall, this is the past passage where um, Paul tells them about Timothy. He said, you know, Timothy's my faithful son in the Lord. He will remind you of my ways in Christ um, as I teach them everywhere. He's telling them, you know, I, I can't come to you. Though I have become your father in the Lord, right? I, I can't come to you. You know, Paul was incapacitated at this time. and uh, But he said, I'm going to send my faithful son, Timothy, to you. And he didn't just say Timothy is a wonderful expositor of the word. Listen to what he describes here. How do we describe people? Oh, his level of understanding of the ancient text is amazing, right? That's how we describe people. He says, none of that stuff matters. He said, you know what I can tell you about Timothy? This man can imitate my ways in Christ. How many people do we know that are wonderful expositors of the word of God? Can anyone testify to their ways in Christ? It's a question we have to ask ourselves. This is how he chose to, you know, describe Timothy. Yeah, uh-huh. to paint a picture for them of the man in which you're going to encounter. I'm not just sending you some skilled Bible teacher, I'm not just sending you some theologian or some historian who has studied ancient, you know, Israel or ancient Hebrew history. I'm sending you someone who can articulate the ways of God to you, who can live them out before you, right? So, and then he reemphasizes that point later on. So that was um, 1 Corinthians 4, um, 16, 17, and 18. So then down in verse 20 of that same chapter, he says, the kingdom of God is not demonstrated in mere talk, but with power. So that's why he chose to describe Timothy in that way. He could have described Timothy as someone who would just come with mere talk. But he's saying that I'm sending you someone who has allowed the kingdom to have that internal you know, expression. And it has so changed them that you will see the, the power of God on display because it has so restrained a man and changed his character, Timothy, that, you know, he's a different person. You know, that is the the power of God put on display. Yeah. And I think it also extends to the things that Timothy may put his hands to with respect to being able to plant and build up other disciples and other people who whom he fosters relationship with and whom, you know, that's why Paul speaks to Timothy explicitly. You know, it says to be careful before appointing elders and people that are in leadership. Um because he's replicating the things that that Paul himself has taught Timothy to do. And, you know, that, you know, I think you, you said it very clearly, Amadi, that, you know, that is what the power is a reflection of, right? It's the power of the Lord to transform you, if you will, internally, and then, of course, affecting the external. And so... I think that's one component of the power. I think it also can affect like the gifts and things that he later uh, puts his hands to. Um, yeah, because it it will it'll affect the the gifts, I believe, because it, it'll affect the heart of the person who is in possession of the gift. And so that when you know when your heart is affected, the the way that that gift is administrated will change because your your heart has has changed, and so. 
yes, if, if there is that internal expression of God's kingdom, then the, the, the way that you execute your gifting, I think, will be different. Just give you a, a, a prime example of that. So the, the prophetic, um, if you are a prophetic person, then, you know, there are many times God will reveal things to you, right? The scripture says that, you know, he does nothing without first revealing it to his servants, the prophets. So you are a prophetic person. You, you, you hear a word from the Lord. Now, I attend a Christian meeting, right? The same prophetic person is there. And this prophetic person comes over to me and says, hey, you're in sin. How dare you? That is disgusting. God is not pleased. As a matter of fact, you and everybody on this row, you're filthy. You're sinners. Now, is all of that correct? Yes, it is all correct. <laughs> the delivery is far off. <laughs> exactly. But because the the heart of the person is not fully, you know, that, that kingdom has not fully imprinted the characteristics of our Heavenly Father on their heart, they feel like beating up the bride of Christ is somehow the adequate way to express their giftings. Is that the adequate way? Of course not. And we've all seen these different types of manifestations, whether it's a pastor trying to lord over people and take ownership of people all of a sudden. No, those people don't belong to you. But again, the kingdom has not fully been expressed internally. And because it hasn't, you somehow believe you own those people. So we, you know, we could go down the line. But the, the point that I just want to stress is that the, the kingdom of God, you know, the component of the internal expression is just as critical as the external expression. You know, when we go and we preach to people and people come to the knowledge of the Lord, that's great and amazing. But if like that Matthew 28 scripture, if they don't then transition from, you know, conversion and this, that and the other to walking in obedience and allowing that kingdom the the kingdom to imprint it's almost like you imprinting the characteristics of the lord on the heart of the person then you've done them a disservice and you know just kind of tying it into what we've been talking about relationships allow you to do that because you know keep using your your joke about the drive-by prophet (laughs) you know but if you know, if if you have a person that you're in relationship with and then the Lord begins to open up those doors where you can start to do the impression or do the impressing. I don't know if that's the word. Impressing. Yeah. All right. The the conduit is already there. The the context for you to do it is already there because there is a pre-established relationship. All right. Well, then that, that's a good uh, segue to uh, one of the other points that I definitely think are worth bringing up, you know. So does the kingdom of God have like, you know, first, is it, is it an actual kingdom? And if it is, then does it have some type of rules that it operates by? Does the kingdom have rules? You know, we, we, we might have just lost some people. <laughs> rules. I didn't come here for rules. <laughs> right. I believe that the the rules are one where if there is that internal, you know, impression. I think I'm just going to kind of keep going back to that. But if there's that internal impression then the rules are something that you will choose to do as opposed to being forced to do. Um, People who have to be told what to do, there's still immaturity involved. Unfortunately, I know many, many do not want to hear that. Um, But if, you know, you have to continually be told what to do 
and I and I don't mean things you don't understand. I'm not talking about you know help me or you know help me understand something. That's different. I'm talking about you know things that have to deal with how you conduct yourself and how you carry yourself and the you know the the way you talk to one another and things like that. Character stuff. Um, and you continually have to be told what to do. There's still a, a level of immaturity there because you haven't yet. You haven't yet seen the benefit of walking in that rule, whatever that rule is, right? So we say, don't cross the street when the light is green. Wait till it's red. If I have to continue to tell you that, it's clear you don't understand the benefit of crossing the street when it's on red light. You must want to get hit by a car, right? Once you realize the benefit, oh, I should probably wait till that light turns red and then cross the street. Once you recognize the benefit, you yourself, you will stop yourself. You will no longer have to be told. And so I know that's a very simple example, but it, it illustrates the, the point that because we still don't see the benefit to some of these things in which the Lord puts before us for our benefit, we, we, we don't see it. We still feel like, ugh, like it's somehow holding me back from fulfilling something that I want to do. And I don't really realize that it is actually for my benefit. All right. Well, I'll definitely uh, chime in on that, that particular question as well. And the scripture that came to mind is in First uh, John 1, 7. And it states, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. You know, that seems very very simplistic on that particular element of fellowship with one another. But I think that also is a guiding principle about how you kind of conduct yourselves. We know, you know, as somewhat having understanding of what sin is, it will separate both you from God as well as from his people. You know, one of the things that sin definitely can do is, you know, kind of like isolate yourself. You feel like you you don't want to be, involved with relationship whether it be with god or with his his bride but i think this is a very guiding principle that can help establish a form of order about you know having fellowship with one another as well as you know unity um it, it seems very simple <laughs> as well but i think this um can kind of is a kind of a a, a road map if you will to kind of make things very easy to understand. So that is, you know, we're we're talking now about the kingdom, how it's conveyed. Not the only way, but one of the ways. I think one of the ways in which, you know, unfortunately it's not highlighted, right? What typically is highlighted, you know, again, is the the man of the hour or the woman of the hour preaching a message in front of a group of people, which is one of the ways in which the kingdom's expressed. But, you know, one of the ways that, that I think that the the Lord wants to have highlighted in this time is, you know, there is a there is another way that the kingdom can be expressed. You know, through these conduits of relationships and communities, people are afforded the opportunity to actually see the kingdom of God in their midst by people that they know that they're in relationship with, who they know uh, have care for them. And are willing to 
lay down their lives, you know, who are willing to put that life on display for them, the good and the bad. Right. There are some times where we try to hit a mark and we might, you know, those little dart boards. I got one in here. You hit the green arrow. You know, you hit the, the green circle. Sometimes you hit that outer circle, that black circle. Right. Off the grid. Yeah. Circle. Sometimes you hit the wall. Right. <laughs> but guess what? That's all a part of the kingdom because they will see you be able to pivot. Right. And grow and mature. And that still conveys the kingdom to them because they will see you as a child of the most high, you know, attempt to achieve something or attempt to grow in an area and miss the mark. I mean, sometimes we miss it glorifully, glorifully. We'll we'll, we'll just patent that one, too. I got a a lot of good words tonight. But I mean, just spectacularly. There Mm -hmm. we are. Right. Um, But I can pivot shift in my heart change some things and give it another go that is also the kingdom you know let's i, I, I want to look at um a scripture in the old testament here um in the book of isaiah the book of isaiah in verse and it's a again it is a it is a verse that you know many times we we quote and it says that um how beautiful or delightful some translations say is it to see approaching over the mountains the feet of the messenger who announces peace and the messenger who brings good news of deliverance who says to Zion, your God reigns. Now, how, how do I bring the good news? Sometimes I may tell people about the good news, right? Sometimes I may say, hey, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You need to repent and turn. Oh, what must I do to be saved? Praise God. We, let's let's start that journey, right? Many times that's the case. Guess what? There are other times where just my presence, presence yeah. I come and I live before you and you see me and you see how I treat my family and my wife and my children and my brothers and you see how I act integral in my business dealings and you see how I act in my community and they say, whoa, wait a minute. Why, what is the reason for these things? Hey, I'm glad you asked that too. There's an impression that was made on my heart by the Lord who died on the cross for your sins. And mm-hmm. let me let me introduce you to him as well. And so both of those ways are, are, are ways in which we can be messengers of the good news. We can convey the good news by the things in which we speak and share, but we can also become living embodiments of the good news. You know, Paul says we are living epistles. There's going to come a time where I might not be able to grab a Bible and say, turn with me to the book of Ephesians. I may have to literally be Ephesians. You may have to see me. So when I think it's in Ephesians, which says, um, don't let corrupt communication proceed from your mouth, except that which is good for edification. Right. That's Ephesians four. Now, there may be times I could tell you that. I just pulled it out the air, by the way, folks, I wasn't planned. Right. But there may be times I may have to literally be the embodiment of that where I may have the opportunity to really give somebody a piece of my mind, but choose to not allow corrupt communication to come from my mouth. That's that is, um, you know, allowing the, the kingdom to imprint itself on my heart. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of back taking a step back and, and kind of initiating a, a kind of a response to to what the question was, is what is the kingdom? Right. One of the things that I'm I'm pulling out is from uh, Matthew six thirty three, where you know it says, 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, right? So that word kingdom in that particular uh, passage <clears throat> is a reference to the word, it's basilia or basilica. Basilica, yeah. And that term literally means royal power, kingship, dominion, and rule, right? So this kingdom that we're speaking of, it is a way of rulership as us being kind of subjects to a king. And we are subject to the authority that this kingdom is governed by. And I think what we are really articulating and expressing are the characteristics that are embodied through us as uh, as members of this kingdom in the way we function and operate and live and and essentially our representation to other people about this particular kingdom. That's a, that's a really good way to kind of come around third base, Goo, because you ever seen like those movies sometimes where they take like a prince or somebody of royalty out of the palace and he ends up somehow with the commoners uh-huh, uh-huh. and he's like in, in a regular situation, but he still tries to act like he's royalty. Like, hey man, we're just in a restaurant, relax. But he just can't shed that royal persona. That's literally what we're called to be. So when the scripture says act like sojourners in this world, it's to act like someone who is royal in another environment, but still keep that royal persona. You know, Revelation chapter one says that we are kings and priests serving God, serving his God and father, you know, serving the the Lord Jesus, God and father. So we are we are kings and priests and sometimes we're not in a kingly environment. Does that mean that the kingly persona that I am charged to walk in, I somehow must shed that off or the, the priestly persona that I'm, I'm, I'm called to walk in? I got to shed that off now because I'm in a different environment. No, we have to keep that. We have to keep that in, in all different contexts. And that that's where the the uh, internal impression of, of the kingdom is so important. The external, not so much. It doesn't require me. The external expression does not require me to fully, you know, em- embrace these things. I can study. You know, there are many. Listen, I know people who've gone to seminary, who've gone and gotten degrees in theology and divinity, who will tell me that some of the professors in there are godless, some of the most godless people. I'm like, really? Some of these skilled Bible teachers? It's all in here. It's all, all in their brain. It's all, in the, it's all knowledge, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, wow, these skilled theologians, really? Yeah, they're like, man, you would be. They were surprised when they went. I mean, these are people telling me their testimony. Like, man, I, I couldn't believe when this happened and that happened. And this is, not, again, not to you know disparage, you know, if you want to get a degree in theology or divinity, go at it. But those things do not require an internal impression of the kingdom of God that just requires you to be studious be a good student. You can be a good student, get A's, memorize things. Listen, we're in an urban context. We're in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. You can walk down some corners in Washington, D.C. You can find some Hebrew Israelites. That's a cult, by the way, if you want to you want to look more on that. That's a cult that believe black people are the true uh, is of the true continuation of ancient Hebrews. Um, you know, you, you, you have five percenters. That's another cult. Now, why am I mentioning cults? Because these are people who have memorized the Bible. These are people who memorize scripture. 
It's funny, I was, my, my wife and I, we went to a concert the other night, the concert we went to a couple weeks ago. When we came out, there were a couple guys on the corner, and I was like, well, I, I knew who they were by their garb, but I was just watching, and I said, mm, and I just checked them at the Lord. Should I go over there? And he was like, no, nah, not tonight. I said, all right, and we walked back to our car. But these are people who memorize the scripture. Now, why am I bringing up cults? I'm only bringing up cults to say the, the memorization and the articulation of scripture does not always require an internal impression of the kingdom. Those things don't require you to have God's character and his ways impressed upon your heart. So the two are not synonymous. Now, what is synonymous for me to walk it out and for me to live that life in front of others that I might be in relationship with? Then guess what? That internal impression is required because I can only fake it for so long. At some point, something's going to happen where if I'm faking it, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna cast this thing off. If, what you if, mean, Amada? You can't fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. We can fake it for a little while, but we can't fake it forever. Straight and house of cards out this gym. If it's not, if it's not reality, at some point, if I'm faking it, I'm going to cast these things off. So, we we hope that everyone got a little bit out of this. Listen, the 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 reason that we were you know really harping on relationships towards the end of 2018 is because. Um, it will give you the conduits and the context by which you can begin to have these discussions and begin to walk some of these things out, you know, advancing God's kingdom in your own heart um, and in the hearts of those that are in, that are in your circles. Um, you know, don't don't be so fixated on preaching messages in front of large groups. If the Lord if the Lord opens up a door for you to do that, amen. But until he does. And and when and the times that he doesn't do that, you still have the opportunity to express his kingdom to those who you are in relationship with in your various circles. All right. Um, so we're we're going to continue this conversation about, you know, again, building the house of God, building his kingdom because he's the one that does the building. All we can do is help to foster yep. the proper environment by which that's done. So part of it is relationships. Part of it is letting him impress upon our heart so we do thank you all for listening um again always know that we are working to advance our father's kingdom one house at a time uh for ragu this is amadi saying bye bye institution now that's some real talk live right the execution now that's some real walk stay cool because outside my dude is real hot got bodies outlined out here in real chalk i left an institution now that's some real talk live right the execution now that's some real walk stay cool because outside my dude is real hot got bodies outlined out here in real chalk i left the institution real talk Living right, the execution real walk And stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk I left the institution real talk Living right, the execution real walk And stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk And stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot outside stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot and stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk